Welcome to Evolutions of Astrology. This is Dina DeCastro. On this episode, I'll be interviewing Lisa Rafalo about tarot techniques used to understand astrological transits. We'll be looking specifically at the planet Pluto. My idea for this podcast was to have Lisa help me to uh, look at ways that we can use tarot to understand astrological transits. And she came up with some great ideas as to how to approach that, um, both by using the cards themselves and the images to help deepen our understanding of the nature of the transiting planet, and by doing a particular spread that can help us with the themes of that transit. So in other words, uh, as, as for today, we'll be using Pluto. Um, we're going to look at both cards that represent Pluto and then ways that you could do a, a spread that would address the themes of a Pluto transit in general. Um, even if you didn't know you were going through a Pluto transit, you could still do this particular spread. So I hope you enjoy this, and I would welcome your feedback on the show. And if you do any kind of field work and kind of research this yourself and see uh, what it yields in terms of results for you. Um, I will also have visuals of everything we're doing in the show today up on the site. And Lisa will also be hosting this audio on her site, and I'll link over to that as well. So we're going to look at Pluto in particular right now, and Pluto transits. And uh, I'll have Lisa explain a little bit about what, what, how we're going to apply tarot to astrology and how we're using it to understand an astrological transit. So I wanted to look for tarot cards that could illustrate Pluto and Pluto issues. And because it's one of the, what do you call the la- it's not one of the seven planets of the ancients. It's right. transpersonal. Yes, transpersonal. Then we don't have cards that explicitly are represented or that, that have explicit attributions mm-hmm. for the transpersonal planets. It's done, you know, commonly you would take the transpersonal planets and assign them to the tarot trumps that have elemental attributions. And the way this is done is fire and judgment is often Pluto, air and the fool is Uranus, and water and Neptune is the hanged man. But there are other cards that I think, even though that's not their primary function, actually do illustrate Pluto issues, and they can, I think it can be helpful both ways. Okay. So that's kind of the premise of, of what I did mm-hmm. to get ready. I, I did some research, and it turns out I've become a very lazy researcher. <laughs> <laughs> is it Google all the way? It is. <laughs> and I mean, if I, I could have taken more time to look at other things, but I, I think it'll be interesting to see how what you say compares with, you know, the things that I pulled out of my internet research. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see how that goes. Um, okay, so for Pluto, um, just Pluto in general, what it represents in the chart is um, it can represent an area of our shadow or our wound, what is unconscious. Um, And as it's transiting, then it brings up some of these 
unconscious or shadow issues. Uh, the force of transiting Pluto brings transformative, life-changing external events or internal realization. Um, and I always like to point out with transits, it doesn't always have to manifest in the biography. It doesn't always have to manifest on the physical level that we can experience a lot of these energies on the emotional, mental, and spiritual level. Pluto brings the opportunity for us to reconnect with our passions by clearing away things that are blocking us in the unconscious. So it, in other words, it helps you to get real <laughs> with who you are and what you really want by clearing away often things. Uh, I kind of think of it as like the backlog of psychic debris that builds up over time of just junk, that things that we've bought into or believe or are hanging on to and we don't even know why anymore. Pluto will come through your life and sweep them away. <laughs> and it's a long transit. It's about a three-year transit. Uh, so there's a lot of time in which to do that. Um, another word that I would associate with Pluto transit is power and empowerment. So all of that, um, that clearing away and that uh, sometimes the loss that's involved in a Pluto transit ultimately can be empowering in that we realize how strong we really are or what we don't really need that we thought we did. And then we, we realize our own power through that. So those are just a few ways that a Pluto transit can affect you. So I probably should have had you send me a little write-up on Pluto so I could use your exact words. But I'll show you, like, I went through and I took a couple of articles. One was from astrology.com and the other was from astrologystudent.50megs.com mm -hmm. on Pluto. And I looked for cards that would illustrate some of the things. And there is some overlap. And I think it will be interesting for you to tell me that, no, you don't think that's Pluto. <laughs> you know, just okay. in the, yeah. the descriptions. The other thing that I found really odd was there's a lot more negative descriptions for Pluto. I really wanted to find, because I don't think that that has to be the case. I would agree with you. Mm -hmm. And I would say the traditional view of Pluto has been as a, what would be called a malefic planet okay. in the medieval astrology. Um, so that's where that's coming from. And I think it's a, it's a human thing that we resist change and transformation and tumultuous events in our life. And often Pluto transits can bring in those kinds of events. Mm -hmm. So, so I just, to say up front, a lot, of, there's a lot more that seems traumatic and negative in my, in my list. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it, that's okay. even if I didn't start with the, you know, the, matching the fire element mm -hmm. to Pluto, mm -hmm. I still really kind of came to the place where it seemed like the judgment card seemed to be the most, um, seemed to be the most Pluto-like. The first kind of concept for Pluto was that it's about transformation, regeneration, and rebirth. And I felt like even if I hadn't already thought that fire and judgment and Pluto went together, I would have picked that card mm -hmm. out of the deck that most looks like those issues. I would agree. I, I'd say in looking at that, to me, um, it embodies a lot of those keywords. Mm -hmm. So if I could only have one card... I still would go with judgment. Mm -hmm. I would agree. The the three the next three things that Pluto rules are destruction, death, and obsession. And so I like the tower a lot for destruction. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And does that seem like a Pluto kind of a thing? Yeah. And in fact, um, uh, is that also ruled by Mars, that card? That, yeah, that is Mars. Yeah. That's Mars. So there's an affinity between Mars and Pluto, which you may or may not have come across, and that they both rule Scorpio. Uh, Mars was the traditional ruler of Scorpio before when we only had the seven visibles. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there is a natural affinity there between Pluto and Mars that's showing up in your choice. Right. And so my second one, death, is the most obvious card for death is death, and that's mm-hmm. Scorpio. Mm-hmm. And exactly. when I was reading through at least this description, I don't know if it's true across the board, it really felt like Pluto was being described as Mars and Scorpio put together in all the worst aspects. So so that Scorpio was like Pluto and Mars together in all its worst. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me. I think that's a really good observation. If, if you look at a lot of the description of Scorpio that's out that, it, you know, that's out there on the uh, the Google land, um, <laughs> it definitely seems like it's an there's an overemphasis on the negative with Scorpio. It's one of those signs that I I say gets a bad rap mm-hmm. astrologically. We can say some other ones that do, but Scorpio is definitely one of them. Um, and it, you know, if you think of the themes of, and you'll probably talk about some of these, but jealousy, uh, possessiveness, um, you know, violence, <laughs> vengefulness, mm-hmm. all of those things, they are like the worst or the shadow of both of those planets. So for the next one, I kind of thought obsession was interesting. Would you call Pluto obsessive? Yes. Okay. I'd say can be, yeah. Okay, the three cards that I thought looked obsessive would be the Three of Swords, which has a heart being pierced by three swords mm-hmm. and a stormy background. The Five of Cups, which has a person in a black cloak gazing down at three spelt cups. And then the Nine of Swords has a person sitting up on a bed with his head in his hands. I just have to say... I just have to say on a personal note, that's my least favorite card. Really? Yeah. Is the Nine of Swords. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I dislike it even more than the Three of Swords, because most people really dislike the Three of Swords mm-hmm. or the Devil or, you know, the kind of usual ones that they tend to dislike for so- some reasons. But that one particularly scares me. Mm-hmm. So if I get it in a reading, it really bothers me. Yeah, I think I, I agree. The Three of Swords, it seems like you could, it's more workable. Mm-hmm. It's almost like this one, the pain is already, that the three of swords, the pain has already happened. And, and like you always observe, which the, the observation you make about the three of swords always stays with me that it's not a broken heart. Mm -hmm. It's a heart that's still whole, but the nine of swords is a nightmare, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. or it's waking up from a nightmare and there's a sense that there's still something wrong. (laughs) So a thing that's interesting, at least about the, the choice of the, the Five of Cups and the, the Nine of Swords, is they're both Mars cards. Mm-hmm. And then the Five of Cups in particular is Mars and Scorpio. Oh, interesting. And so okay. if, you know, just from the attributions, the card that would be, which I think would be the most like Pluto, because of those two things, would be the Five of Cups. But I don't know if that really looks, you know, embodies all of the, it seems like the energy behind Pluto. Honestly, if I look at that... And what I've seen um, with clients um, experiencing a Pluto transit, I see a lot of that energy. <laughs> so they feel like that. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, now if he kicked over the cuffs. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, just kick them over in spite. Uh-huh. rather. Yeah. 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 Or it's, to me, that's about loss. 
mm-hmm. or there's a sense of loss in that card. So um, Pluto transits can can feel like a loss at the time. So the next couple of things that could be attributed to Pluto are um, dictatorship. And I lumped three things in potentially the response to dictatorship, which are terrorism and rebellion and anarchy as response to mm-hmm. dictatorship. So do would you agree with those being issues yeah. around Pluto? I think it's a really good modernization of the idea of dictatorship. We don't, I mean, we still have dictators in the world, but it's not as prevalent as it used to be. Mm-hmm. But what we have now is terrorism and chaos, which has become kind of like the big fear that ter- that dictatorship used to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. So I could, you know, it was hard to find something explicitly dictatorship. What I came up with was the emperor, ill-dignified or reversed, mm-hmm. and then any of the kings mm-hmm. also. So it's that kind of what should be good rulership gone awry, like power gone to their head mm-hmm. in some ways. Yeah, and, and that comes back to that word of power, and power that's abused or misused can be the dark side of Pluto. So the two cards that I thought looked like terrorism, rebellion, or anarchy were swords, and they are the five of swords and the seven of swords. Yeah, I can see that definitely in the five of swords, um, kind of a chaotic feeling or things have unraveled. Um, a sense of who's who's in charge, but there's somebody there kind of picking up the scraps. It can be this kind of criminal element almost. Mm-hmm. So that was would be defeat, mm-hmm. and then unstable effort as the seven of swords. A lot. I actually like the card, but a common way to interpret that would be deceit and treachery. Mm-hmm. Is he like sneaking off with the swords? Is that what's happening, or or planting them? You know, I think that it's not. You can't tell. Mm-hmm. That it's all being done at in opposition to the kind of community and society that's sitting in the background. Mm-hmm. So that's why I liked it for that opposing energy. That actually does tie into Pluto as well as being um, there's kind of a lone wolf energy associated with Pluto or an antisocial energy associated with Pluto uh, it, because it's not really about connecting. Mm-hmm. It's about um, the work we have to do internally alone away from people you know reflecting inwardly and that i think that goes with the idea of being antisocial i really had to kind of work at finding a couple of things that seem like positive issues mm-hmm. to illustrate and the first is um secrets in the hidden and i thought that there were three cards that really looked like that to me. The first is the high priestess, who I think would be both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The moon, actually, which I think would be at least hidden, if not secret. So that would be, I really like that for what you said about needing to go and explore the unconscious yes. or hidden issues in that way. And something I didn't mention, too, is that Pluto is often associated with the occult um, or occult understandings. Mm-hmm. So I think the high priestess and the moon both have associations with that. Mm-hmm. Isn't she, she's basically the keeper of that right. secret knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the last one is the seven of cups, illusionary success, which is Venus in Scorpio. And so that looks like at least things that are hidden and are unclear. 
Yes, very much so. In fact, that's another card that disturbs me often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's because the figure in front, we don't, we can't see him. We don't know who he is. He's kind of ominous looking. And then there's just the sense of too many choices, the confusion, and some of the things in the cups are scary as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's things in there that are harmful or potentially harmful. There's a snake and... There's a, a goblet with a skull head on it. Yeah. It's like, why would you pick that one? <laughs> Unless you're going through a Pluto transit. Yeah. So the next was, my, my article said spirituality, but I felt like more than, if I, if I were to just describe spirituality, I would go with the high priestess and the hierophant. And that wasn't the right kind. I felt like transcendent spirituality was a better mm-hmm. set of words. Yeah. Would you, would you say that? Uh, honestly, I would put spirituality or transcendent spirituality more with Neptune. Okay. Um, I would say Pluto has too much of a sense of the real and also can go towards cynicism mm, rather okay. than it is more likely to go towards cynicism and existentialism than some kind of spiritual uh, bent. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does. Um, but, but that's interesting that that showed up in an article. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. I was curious to see what, what you had to say with that. Because, yeah. you know, just the word spirituality didn't work for me. Yeah, it doesn't really fit for me with Pluto. Okay. Yeah. I would have used the star if I were to try to describe that in some way. But that would probably mm-hmm. also be more of a Neptune. Agreed. Yeah, I think that definitely would go more with a Neptune transit. So the last concept was revitalization. Are you on board with that one? Yes, okay. absolutely. And so I saw the aces. Judgment again, and then the world. Mm-hmm. And the world would be kind of, the, I think, the result, more the result of the revitalization. So kind of a coming back to wholeness mm-hmm. after a time of disintegration that happens through the Pluto transit. Right. Um, yeah, it's like the happy ending and coming back together after the, after the, um, all the trials. So is that part of Pluto, that reassembly? work or does that get yeah. taken picked up by somebody else i i believe it is i think that um if you you know most of the the text you'll read on pluto will include the word rebirth along with the death and the decay and the destruction and mm-hmm. all of the other scarier words that go with it but rebirth comes in there at the end and it's also aligned with the phoenix or the energy of the phoenix so it's the process of having to die in the ashes, but then ultimately being reborn in a more glorious form. So a Pluto transit to me is like that in the way I've seen it act in people's lives and in my own life. Um, I think that when one goes through a Pluto transit, it kind of burns away uh, the excesses and the things that don't work anymore. And it can be traumatic going through it sometimes, but that on the other side, you do come out of it, um, with the feeling of newness or um, having a fresh start, being at the beginning of a new cycle. So that was my list of kind of concepts associated with Pluto. Are there any that you would want to add to that? Um, I think those were actually good, um, even even though, you know, we got them from the Internet. Uh-huh. Um, the only one that really didn't work for me was, was spirituality, mm-hmm. only because, more because I'd attribute that more to Neptune and its territory. But... Um, I think everything else really worked for me and I really liked 
Uh, these are connections I, I wouldn't actually have made, you know, not being as familiar with the tarot uh, at all. But just as you said them, they really made sense, particularly the ones that were surprising to me that made sense were the high priestess hmm. and that that whole lineup that had to do with um, occult or secret knowledge. I really like that. And they were the nicest one set, too. Yeah. That, <laughs> maybe that's why I like it so much. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, that was probably the softest of the bunch, mm-hmm. you know. But otherwise, I think it really does shed light. And I would love to see that, see them all laid out. Perhaps we can put that up sure. on the yeah, site. Yeah, we could do that. One of the my the things that I've always wanted always wanted to do, it sounds like, <laughs> <laughs> since I started doing the podcast, that I wanted to do was to go through all each of the planets, which is what we're doing, and come up with some kind of spread related to the planet that could be used mm-hmm. that would explore those issues. And... It turns out that I was introduced to kind of an idea that works perfectly. And I really wish I could figure out where I read this. And it's been in the last couple of weeks. And I know it's an association with the initiation class I'm doing with Lon Milo Duquette. But I don't think it was in his course material. I think it was in something else that I read in conjunction with it. But it's about change. Mm -hmm. And it breaks down change into three steps. And it's really, I've been... I've been really thinking about it a lot because I think it's really good. So the three steps of change are the first step is resistance. Mm -hmm. The second is struggle. And the third is transformation. And I thought that was really nice and kind of concise way to look at Pluto. Absolutely. And so I decided to, since I was on the kick of associating Pluto concepts with cards, (laughs) I did that for these three. And so for resistance, I thought, well, what planet or astrological sign would most say resistance to me. And I thought Saturn. Yes, absolutely. It's that that energy of fixedness, of stubbornness, of wanting things to stay the same. Absolutely. Right. And so I didn't, so my mind first went to, well, what card is associated with Saturn? And that's the world. And I didn't like the world. No, it doesn't really work for that. But I do like the devil for it. And the devil in the Rider-Waite deck has Saturn inscribed on his little hand. And there's a connection. Would you describe the connection between Saturn and the devil or Capricorn? <laughs> yes. Well, okay. So Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn. So that definitely fits. And uh, Saturn is also related to, it's an earth, or Capricorn is an earth sign. And we associate the devil with earthly things. You know, he's got the pentagram in there too. It's about something you brought up in a previous um podcast reminded me of that connection between the pentagram and the earth it's pointing down oh right yeah Mm -hmm. and so it's the elevation of matter over spirit is the downward pointing pinnacle right and so although the devil isn't the best representation of capricorn i thought it was a good representation of this aspect of saturn i would agree Mm -hmm. it's it's the dark face of saturn it's being chained to earthly things Mm -hmm. and letting that get out of balance with uh, spiritual matters and then having the resistance to going through the transformation process, which can lead to enlightenment. And I think everybody can relate to wishing for change and then being initially resistant to it at the yeah, same time. Absolutely. And that feels to me like what I would imagine it would feel like to be chained to something you don't want to be chained to, but not having the gumption to do anything about it, too. So the second one was struggle. And I really liked Mars for struggle. <clears throat> And I like the tower for struggle, too. Mm-hmm. So, to, yeah, to me, Mars, uh, struggle and conflict and um, 
strife, all those go together. The struggle of having to go through a tower experience. Right. Nobody wants that. No. Usually, if it, I, you can tell me how many times that's happened in a reading where if that card comes up, people immediately Most get of the time, scared. they don't like it. Yeah. And not that, see, I look at that card, and I'm a person who enjoys change more mm-hmm. in life than some, probably. And so I see that, and I get a little excited mm-hmm. if well, that comes up in a the reading. The trick is to be the lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. And I th- the the analogy that I think of is that if you're white water rafting, you want to go faster or slower than the current. Mm-hmm. And really, in this case, your only option is going faster <laughs> than the, the current of the tower. Yeah. That makes sense. Because slower is falling out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't really a good option. Yeah, not, not, not so good. So the last one is transformation. I liked judgment for that. And... Totally. And I see that judgment, um, like we talked about before, that it's it really contains the whole cycle of death and rebirth because it's the images of the naked bodies coming out of the graves is death and rebirth. Right. And so it's, that's the active act. And so mm-hmm. I saw this as a little three card reading that you could do and ask yourself the question, you know, what is it that you want to change? And then pull cards for each of those positions. My inclination would be to also maybe do it with two decks and leave the devil, the tower, and judgment out as markers. Yeah. As reference. But I was I didn't feel inclined to do a reading for myself on this. <laughs> well, so, I would, I'd be happy to really? try one now. Okay. Yeah, you want to try it? Sure. You know, I actually think it would be a worthy kind of meditation to find a card face up that described either the change that you wanted to happen probably Mm -hmm. and where you wanted to be at the end of it. And that would be just something to to think about or to keep in mind, but you don't have to, Mm -hmm. but you know, I think it would be better at at least good to think about what is, what kind of change do you want to bring into your life? Okay. And have that be kind of the, the question or the overview. And then the three cards be commentary on that. Okay. I can think of one that I can safely use. Okay. <laughs> I was kind of struggling. I'm like, what would I do it on? And, you know, there are, there are minor things that I would do. Like, I really want to clean up my garage. I mean, that's kind of a lame. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, it's it, not it, that lame. Well, it has, you know, major implications in other areas because of the stuff, what's, why I can't park in my garage at this moment. <laughs> but, you right. Know. So it's just disruptive to other things in mm-hmm. your life. Yeah. What I was going to, to do it on for me would be um, getting back to healthier habits in my my overall health regime. I I feel like it's gotten out of balance mm. and out of control and mm-hmm. eating, exercising, all that stuff that I used to do really well, it's all gotten messed up. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of would want to look at how do I change that back in a healthy direction mm. okay. as I'm getting older and, you know, moving towards 40 myself and looking at my health as being more important. Um, I think it's it. It's an important issue. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, what I I would want to uh, pull just the three cards like right. in a row. Okay. And the way that I pictured it would be: on the left is change, and then on the right is the resistance to that change, and then the transformation is above. And so, transformation almost feels like advice on how to overcome the bottom two. Okay. And which one is is struggle? So there's 
Resistance, struggle, and transformation. Right. Did I say that wrong? Let me start. Let me start. First. The first card is resistance, because that's the first thing. You've had your idea for change, then up comes resistance to change. Okay. And then the second one would be struggling with the change. And then the third is transformation, which I'm imagining would be kind of advice on how to overcome the first two, because they're kind of hard. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so I'm using the Alchemical Tarot, my my new favorite deck. <laughs> and uh, the first card that I pulled for the resistance card, the resistance to this change, just reiterating this is the change of me uh, wanting to invite healthier habits back into my life. Um, and the card that I pulled is the High Priestess. The second card is uh, is the Struggle, and and that is the Seven of Coins. And then the third card is, it's called the Phoenix. And what, what is the actual number there? It's the Ten of Staffs. The Ten of Staffs. <laughs> which and that's I mean... the transformation, which is the Phoenix. Right. And so I, would, I didn't mention this because we were just looking at the right away before, but that would be the, the card that most looked like transformation in the alchemical tarot. Yeah, it would. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of in some ways stating the obvious. It is kind of stating the... Well, okay, so I'm not okay. as clear on the first two, but... Yeah, so let's look at the high priestess. So we have the high priestess who... And we're looking at that as being resistance. So the high priestess is the keeper of the secrets. And one of her strongest qualities is the sense of equanimity, that things are fine just the way they are. Mm -hmm. And so looking at that as resistance is that you have... You're not... Some people start on this kind of health improvement kick because something has gone horribly wrong and they're stuck because of it. But I would say that's not the case here is that right. there could be a tendency to the resistance could be, well, I'm still feeling okay. You know, why should I, you know, right. Commit, my, commit to it. If, if, you know, things aren't going really badly. Right. And I think that there's just a I do have that resistance to it. Like, oh, I'm really, I'm not in that bad of health or, mm -hmm. but what I'm seeing is I'm getting sick more often, you know, little things are starting to creep in and my barometer is really sensitive. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I do definitely see that exactly what you're saying that the resistance has been, well, it's not really bad, you know, <laughs> not bad enough to make big changes. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I wonder about with the high priestess is since she's so cyclical, because of the moon, if there's some resistance because it's still crappy and rainy here. Oh, but, you know, gosh. you can't go outside and exercise. There aren't fresh food at the farmer's market. You know, it's just out of phase with the timing. It's funny because I was just thinking about that today as I force myself to go to the gym, hatefully. Uh -huh. um, and I used to go pretty regularly. And it's something for me that's been really good for my my mental state, my emotional state, my physical state, but then it's dropped off during this crappy weather. And I thought, God, it's so hard to get motivated to just even go out there in this. And mm -hmm. that's a big part of it, too. You're right. The other thing with the high priestess is I won't say she's antisocial, but very solitary. And so you're saying, you know, your way to get exercise is to go to the gym and be potentially around people you wouldn't normally be around. Right. That's true. That's true. It's a very... um a busy place. Mm -hmm. So it's not like really peaceful place to work out. Kind of the nature of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so does that feel like resistance to you? That's yeah, that actually helps a lot. That that helps to clarify where it may be coming from.
So in the card in the position of struggle is kind of a strange card, I think, for that position. It's the seven of coins. And what it has is it has seven coins with different symbols on an obelisk. And the first thing that came to mind when I looked at this, and this may be totally off the wall, is the struggle is the seven planets or the seven days of the week. Oh, interesting. And so you're struggling against your schedule to do it. That's really true. That's really true. It feels like my schedule right now is, is my schedule changes a lot because of my teaching. So I was thinking about that today. It's like you're reading my mind really? today. I was thinking about that factor of it today and how um, it's difficult for me when my schedule changes from quarter to quarter to get in some kind of a groove. And it's like, mm -hmm. just as I'm starting to figure out that how to fit in the working out and the eating and all that, then it changes again. You know, so that is difficult, yeah, and and I that definitely see that. And the last card for the card of transformation is the seven of staffs, which has the phoenix rising from the pl the flames, and that's the end of the alchemical process mm -hmm. that we have there. And so, advice for you on transformation is to just is to transform, or to maybe <laughs> hold that as an image too. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? This is my my reason for motivation is I will be I, the phoenix rising from the ashes. I will be, you know, well, I can do it. It will work out. Yeah. And I, that's very inspirational to me. And, and a synchronistic thing is that just yesterday I pulled that card as my card of the day, hmm. you know, so I, I pull a card every day just to kind of set the tone. And that was the one that I pulled. So out of this deck. Mm -hmm. It almost seems not fair to get the card that most says, says transformation. For advice right. on transformation. Just transform. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it may be that what you're going to get out of it is this increased creativity, energy, and passion. That that's the reward for actually making the change. Yeah. No, I, I really believe that. And I feel like if I'm fatigued and not feeling well and getting sick a lot, that depletes my whole creative process and all the other things that I want to do. Like do astrology and make a podcast, you know? Uh -huh. So it's important for me to be healthy. And, uh, but yeah, I think that's a very inspirational image. In fact, I'll put that on my altar. So, so I really like how uh, we, you know, how you showed me ways that you would use tarot to understand uh, astrological transits of Pluto in particular, and then looking at the idea of transformation. So if you didn't even know you were going through a Pluto transit, but you were undergoing or wanting to undergo change in your life, how you could be helped through that process through this reading. So I think that's where it's really valuable. And you had made an observation to me uh, before the podcast that I think where it's helpful to connect astrology and tarot is when you use them to try to understand each other, mm -hmm. which I think is really a valuable insight. Thank you very much, Lisa, for well, being you. with me. It's been a pleasure, as always.
If you've been enjoying this podcast, you'll also want to check out evolutionsofastrology.com. There you can subscribe to my monthly newsletter and find out more about my classes and astrology readings. I'm available to do readings via phone or in person, and all readings include a CD recording of the session. To contact me, you can reach me through the website at www.evolutionsofastrology.com.